Welcome to the 95th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. In Ear to the Ground, episode 94, we featured an interview with the writer and director of Look Who's Knockin', a one-act play recently developed by the Land Stewardship Project. The play raises questions around land ethics and the moral dilemma posed by wanting to get top dollar for selling one's land while desiring to help the next generation of farmers get started farming. Created out of numerous interviews and real-world stories of both beginning and retiring farmers, the play uses humor, storytelling, and the common everyday tension in an elderly farm couple's relationship to prompt personal reflection and community discussion in the audience. The play features Gerald and Eddie Dietrich, who over the past 50 years have built up an award-winning conservation farm. They are now struggling with whether to sell it to a large cash cropper in the neighborhood for top dollar or to give a young couple an opportunity to launch a new, diverse farming enterprise. In this episode, we feature a performance of the play by actors Art Moss and Margaret Nelson. Gerald, you've got 24 hours to get that desk straightened up. They're all going to be here for supper tomorrow night. Three carloads. That desk, I can find things on it. Why's it got to look clean for the kids? They know it's a mess. It was a mess when they lived here. It's a mess now that they're gone. Who knows what's on that desk, Gerald? There could be some important things there. I know I couldn't find them. And have you done any more thinking, Gerald? And you know very well what thinking I'm talking what's about. What's this doing here? I've already thrown this out twice. Pastor's homily on legacy. Oh, don't I know you want me to read it, Nettie. Gerald, I want to talk about our legacy. Gerald, what's going to be our legacy? You know, Nettie, my legacy could be a clean desk if you didn't keep throwing papers back on it that I'd already thrown out. And how do you know I haven't read it? Well, if you have, then tell me what you think about it. I think, and i got to think about it some more. We only have so much time. Oh, come on, Nettie. If you're concerned because I've had a few falls lately, that... Well, yes, I have, but you're blowing this way out of proportion. The paramedics finding you unconscious, Gerald? Three times now you've wound up passed out, flat on your back for no reason? That's not blowing things out of proportion. They'll be here tomorrow night. I don't know about you, but I've got work to do. Oh, fine. I'll get working on the desk. Probably have it all done before you got the last sock on the line. Of course, I've been thinking about what's going to happen next on this place. And it's not just Nettie that's concerned. You can just feel the panic in the children. I overheard Natalie, the oldest, and she teaches fifth grade, talking to Nettie the other day. Another fall? Well, is he taking his medication? She says she doesn't even want me to think about going out in the field again this season until this is all settled, even if I was still walking around upright. Do you know what it costs for one person to be in a nursing home for a year, she asks? (laughs) I mean, between her own kids and her students, doesn't Natalie have enough to worry about? I can't blame the children for wanting us to make a decision, but I need to figure things out for myself first. Nettie's going to have bills to pay, the gas bill, light bill, taxes. i got to make sure that she's got plenty to live on. And I'm certain that the Wilsons down the road are ready to run this place, and they are a big operation, real big. And they pay top dollar. I haven't told Nettie. 
that they could pay us cash for this place within 30 days. Just have to give them the go-ahead. This farm was something long before Gerald came along. This is my home farm, and I grew up here. Picked mother's green beans and tomatoes right here on this spot. When Gerald married me, he married into this farm and tried to take over, which of course didn't happen. Probably best to say that the farm took him over, and me too, of course. At least the history of the place did. This was a soil conservation demonstration farm, United States Department of Agriculture. When Gerald came here for our first date and saw that sign, he said, Whoa, what's that all about? Well, let's just say it didn't take him very long to find out. My family and the neighbors started with the conservation a long time ago, way before many others were doing it. Contour strips, ponds, terraces. Well, I got this conservation driven into me early on. I'd drive around the farm with my mother, taking lunch out to Dad and Grandpa in the fields when I was a child, and I'd ask, Mama, is this our land? Is that our land? How about that over there? Is that our land? Mama, we've got a lot of land, I'd say. And then my mother would always tell me, Now, Nettie, we don't really own this land. And I'd ask, We don't own our land? I thought we did. Well, who does own it? And my mother would tell me that even though we've got a piece of paper, a title, we don't really own this land. Nobody does. We're all just tenants, just renters, just taking care of it for whoever is coming next. The children? Well, they're not coming back. At least not to farm. They're all off doing their own thing. We got two teachers and an electrician. I sure would have liked one of them to be farming, but I got a better chance of sprouting wings and becoming a bird than that happening. Uh, me, I would have jumped at the chance to come back to my folks' farm, but as the youngest, that just wasn't happening. I, I don't know, was it the work we had the kids do or urging them to go off to school and study something, or was it going to bed so early just to get up so early? I don't really know, but... It's pretty much like pulling teeth to get them back here now. Usually they're home for Christmas, of course, and we have at least one conversation at the table about land values these days and what our place might be worth. I'm pretty sure they just want us to sell the place, just get everything taken care of. And so now they say they're coming home for this all-class reunion, but I know that Nettie's going to find a time to sit everyone down to talk. She's been hinting about this ever since my last incident. I woke up flat on my back in front of the girl. All kinds of emergency people looking at me from six inches away and yelling my name. Gerald? 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 Ugh. <laughs> Leroy's ugly from that distance. He's a retired sheriff. He got eyebrow hairs shooting over the top of his glasses. <laughs> Nose hairs, too. I've known Leroy my whole life. Graduated, went to Korea together, but i never seen him that close up. At least not lately. Gerald came from his own farming background, but he ended up learning a lot from my folks and me, and we both loved this farm. Not that we always agreed on how we should farm, particularly after my folks were gone, but we sure did work together. In fact, we met working. Gerald grew up on a farm the next town over, the youngest of a big family, all boys. He'd slip away to help his friends every summer with chores and making hay. He liked the chance to see his friends and earn a little cash. 
Our neighbor, Leroy Baines, was over here to help with haying, and one day he brought Gerald along. I remember a rain was coming in, and they were bailing out in the field and needed every hand they could get. So I hopped up right next to Gerald on that hay rack, stacking bales. He looked at me like he'd never seen a girl up on a hay rack before. Like he didn't know the girls could work. Fact is, that day, it seemed like he was the one that was having a little trouble keeping up. I don't know if it was the heat, his shyness, or outright shock at seeing me work the way I did, but he kept stumbling around, almost falling off that hay rack. He didn't say a word to me the whole afternoon. Some Casanova. I saw Leroy plenty close when we were young and trying to load pigs on the way to the sales barn. <laughs> Half the time we'd end up practically laying on top of one another. One of us would be swearing, the other laughing, and and, and the pigs would have busted back out of the pen. <laughs> I, I tell you, at that age, you never think about... How ugly a boy's going to get when he gets old and a little fat and doesn't care about how he looks when he goes out. It was through Leroy that I met Nettie. I was used to spending Saturdays with the guys. Accidentally met her working on a hay rack here on this farm. <laughs> Took one look at her and before I know it, she's all I can think about. And then before long, <laughs> she's controlling my whole life. Nettie. Uh, she's all worried, but can't I just figure this out for myself? No. The pastor just had to bring up legacy. Oh, those darn pastors. I really loved how we made everything work together here. We took good care of the soil, brought in good hay and grain. The livestock thrived on that good feed. Often it'd be just Gerald and me out in the field. I'd sit on the tractor fender just over the left tire. I'd have one hand on the front of the fender, the other arm around the back of the tractor seat, and just lean in a little for balance. And we'd talk, my face a mere 18 inches from his, facing his profile dead on. <laughs> Except for in bed, I don't think we were ever looking at each other this close. But I think my favorite times were making square bales and stacking them with the kids under the full moon. It seemed like that would happen at least every couple of years. Oh, yes, we had lights on the tractor, but we almost wouldn't need them. Gerald liked to wait until the sun got real low before we'd start stacking out in the field. That's the heavy work. And midsummer, awful hot and itchy. But as hard as it was, it was made easy by that full moon rising just after sundown. We all seemed to work like a team together. Gerald up on the hay wagon, grabbing bales from below. The kids and maybe some of their friends heaving bales up to him as we moved along. And me driving real slow on the tractor. Full moon. That was the best. The kids will all be here this weekend. Natalie says, Oh, we know how much this place means to you, but you've got to make a decision. And after hearing last week's homily in church, the pastor really got me to thinking, especially with Gerald's health. What will be your legacy? The pastor asked. How many times have you ever been sitting there in church and you felt like the pastor was talking straight at you? Who will end up farming your land? Someone will, and who will decide? Well, he wasn't talking at us, mind you, but at me. Except for funerals, Gerald doesn't go to church anymore. He hasn't been to church since a pastor got into politics a few years back 
and started telling us all who to vote for. He says, you just let out the good word and let me decide who to vote for. Otherwise, stay out of it. Anyhow, he hasn't been back. He drops me off and heads down to the cafe to play cards. Hears all about who is selling what land to who and for how much. Nettie's always bringing the pastor into this. I've been thinking. I've got ideas. piece of this place could go into a trust for the kids. Could. Just haven't had time enough to sort it all out. I've farmed my whole life, barreled straight ahead, blinders on. Never had enough time to do it all. Now I need an answer to this. And now... Well, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. That's one thing I know for sure. And really now, this land is our retirement package. This is all we got. For some people, it seems things are pretty clear. My neighbor Harlan sold to the Thompson brothers. They're big corn and bean guys. $5,000 an acre he got. 300 acres. Well, you can do the math. He and Doreen are set. Instant millionaires. Wouldn't you say their financial worries are just about gone? Their retirement, health care, it's all set. That's real money. See, they'll come in in one pass and do the tillage. One more with a planter, 24 rows across, 60 foot wide. They can plant 200 acres in a single day if it's a good planting day. And then a week or so later, one pass with a sprayer, one of those... Uh, you know, helicopter-looking things on the tall, skinny wheels. Looks like a, a new fighter jet. <laughs> a cross between a giant insect and something from outer space with those huge folding spray booms covering I don't know how many rows. They'll spray and be done. Maybe sneak in one more pass at some point. But if you blink, you'll miss them. How long you think you'll... Be until you see him again. I don't know, five months, six, probably not till fall when they come in with the combine for harvest. It's almost like they're not here at all, just in and out, up and down the rows and gone. I don't think Gerald has given this much thought. He won't talk about it. Walks off to change oil on the tractor whenever I bring it up. I know he really does want to take care of me, make it so I'm not worrying about bills. He's been talking to the Wilsons. But is that really what Gerald wants for this place when he's gone? There have got to be more options than that one. Doesn't he know that I don't really care for the way the Wilsons farm? I know Nettie doesn't care much for Wilson's farming, but what can you really do about it? I can't blame them for farming that way. Fifty-some years of government incentives to grow corn, beans, you... Well, you got to be pretty darn stubborn to resist that kind of temptation. And with what they'd be offering, well, wouldn't that... Pretty much guarantee Nettie an now income? No, I know Wilsons are good people. They're the ones that pulled me out of the ditch when I slid off the road last night. Nettie morning. isn't moving as fast as she used to either. Drove me all the way home. Her Nettie. health isn't going to last forever. But the way they farm. They rent the Heinz farm on the way to town. And since that grass waterway and those contour strips got pulled out there right by the road, have you seen what happens after a good She's rain? She's going to have extra doctor bills at some point, and i got to make things right for her. Oh, that soil moving downhill. i got the same deal that they got over at Harlan and Doreen's place. My cousin Melvin's farm got leased out after he died. We don't even know who owns that land. Someone up in the cities? A good price be awful nice. Melvin's land is flat as a pancake. Beautiful Can't ground. Nettie understand what I'm trying to do here? Do they even know what's going on with the land? Do they even care? 
or has the greed just taken over? I know what she'd say about Wilson's. Gerald says some outfit up on 52 is renting it. They're snatching up as much land as they can get over a five-county area. So they've got a three-year lease, $275 an acre for 200 But here's acres. a chance to get everything settled for her and the kids. So how much money would that be? All I have to do is pick up that phone. A couple came by the other day. They were asking about buying this place. Well, it seemed like they just showed up out of the blue. They were younger, but the lady, Angela, she was serious, no nonsense. And you could tell by her questions that she'd grown up farming. She said she wanted to milk cows here and raise steers, too. Well, she and her husband already owned 40 milk cows, paid for already from her last few years of milking over at John's Roods on the next ridge. They're being milked as a part of that larger herd right now. Well, she wound up there at Jones Roods as the herdsman, fresh out of ag school. Grew up in a family of just her and three brothers. Of course, the brothers got first dibs as a next generation. You know how that can go if you want to keep farming. Well, she milked cows on the side all the way through school. That's what she said, anyhow. They just showed up one Saturday afternoon, maybe two weeks ago. Gerald was taking a nap on the sofa. I was finishing the noon dishes. I heard the dogs barking, and before I could dry my hands and look outside, I hear a knocking on the door, and there they are. I don't know where some people get the nerve. Well, I suppose it's better than showing up the day of the funeral. And you know, that's been done. They said they'd driven by our place a hundred times just looking at it. Finally ended up stopping in. Her husband seemed okay, more on the quiet side. Big fella, strong. I guess he's a mechanic working at the diesel shop in town. <laughs> Not much of a talker, though, but he did poke around the implements lined up over there by the windbreak. I don't know. Can anyone really start farming right now? She says she and her husband aren't alone, but there's quite a few other young people getting started farming. She wondered if we knew that. No, I didn't know that. I'm glad to hear it. But farming's no easy business. We made it, but it was hard work. Could they make this thing cash flow? Last week, I just called her up. If she can just show up here, I can just give her a call. I thought I'd catch her. How do you know it's going to pencil out, I asked. She didn't miss a beat. Two things, she says. Control our costs and good marketing. They'd feed mostly grass and hay and a bit of extra feed. She said it would work and that the cows would do just fine. She'd seen it work on John's roots. Maybe you do need to be a little aggressive to find a farm these days. Gerald and I talked. He was pretty skeptical, but we did talk about the idea of renting them for a while first, helping them get started, showing them how we've done things here. Oh, but that can be a can of worms, too. Penny <coughs> seems to be interested in this <coughs> young woman, Angela, and her husband that want to start daring here. They say they're married, but... <laughs> Can you call them a couple? I don't think they even have the same last name. Who knows? They just showed up here out of the blue a couple of weeks ago. Probably talked for an hour. I gotta admit I was surprised. They're not stupid, but are these kids just dreamers, or do they really know what they're talking about? Now get this. They even have a business plan. When Nettie and I started out, we didn't have a business plan. We didn't have any kind of plan. But they all say down at the cafe that this Angela's a real hard worker. Before they stopped here, I had met her once before at an anniversary in the neighborhood. She was at the same table I was at, pretty much all farmers and her. 
And she hung right in there with a conversation the whole time, talking just like everyone else, crops, pasture, cattle, even machinery. I remember her asking what our place was like then. Well, that set me back. I should have known what she was getting at. But it takes more than hard work to make a farm go. It takes money. And they want to buy this place. But where are they going to get that kind of cash, even for a down payment? Nettie says, let's rent to them for a few years, help them get started. Well, I suppose that could work. That's actually how my own folks started out, got a really good deal from the neighbors. A lot of people started out that way back then. Now, this couple, well, they could rent the Hicks place up the road like we used to do with the hired help. I could show them some of the ways I'd done it, but how often does that kind of situation work out these days? I, every time you start involving yourself in a project with someone else, it seems to take twice as long than if you just did it yourself. I don't know if I got that kind of energy left. So even if these folks can work, uh, there, there haven't been milk cows here in 25 years. Is Nettie even thinking about the risk involved here? Daring? Is there anything more risky? And if it's risky for them, it's risky for Nettie. And ah, some of the new ideas Angela's got for this place. I don't know. Maybe somewhere else. But She says they can put up some kind of milking parlor and pipeline right there in the old barn with their own labor. Pretty low cost. And how's the cattle in the pole shed behind the old granary? She says that except for those four to five months in the dead of winter, the cattle would be outside on grass most of the time anyhow. <laughs> of course, that brought up fencing. Well, like Gerald told them, our fencing is pretty well shot. He figured that would send them packing. Gerald used to hate fencing. He still got the scars. Darn, barbed wire, he'd say. He'd come in the house and he'd have a big bloody scratch on his forehead or blood dripping from his arm. I'd say, I didn't know you were out fencing today, dear. Well, this Angela, she and her husband, they say they like fencing. She says they go electric. Everything's smooth wire. Said they find fencing kind of peaceful. Yeah, until they get zapped one day. And as for the marketing... She talked about customers driving out to the farm and them setting up a little farm store in Gerald's old workshop there next to the lane. They'd want to put freezer cases in there for their beef, some special spiced-up burger recipe she's worked up with the locker plant in town, and maybe sell some of their friends' pork and chicken. She says that way they can all sidestep the middlemen. But most importantly, she says they'd keep our contours, too. Yes, Mom, they'd keep the contours. Well, look at that. I love sunsets on this farm. How many times have I been right in this very spot, seeing how the sun just highlights the way the land lays? Oh, gosh. Looks like it's time to paint that old shed again. Nettie and I just knew how to work. And we did everything together. We would feed calves together, harvest corn together, me in the combine, Nettie in the grain truck. We'd put up bales side by side in the barn. We even threw out our shoulders together. Saw the doctor the same week to be checked for rotator cuff surgery. <laughs> Gerald, we can't avoid this anymore. No, you're not going anywhere. The tractor was running just fine this morning. Honestly, Gerald, it was the farthest thing from my mind. I didn't think I'd see it coming either. Milk cows back on this farm? A young couple making hay? 
Maybe some kids up on the hay rack tossing bales. Wait a minute, Nettie. What are you saying? They don't even have kids yet. They're planning a farm, and here you are planning their family. Do you even have a clue, Nettie, about how low the milk price has been these last few years? Do you realize what kind of risk you're taking with them? How chancy this idea is? What if it doesn't work out and I'm gone? Then what are you going to do? Gerald, you're talking like this would be the first time I've ever taken a chance on someone. And yes, I know very well what milk prices have been. You might not realize it, Gerald, but some people are making plans and some are doing different things with their land. Maybe we should just do what my sister does, rent it out for produce. They're doing fine with that. Vegetables being grown on that land. Those Hmong farmers know what they're doing. Selling at the farmer's market. You yourself have seen it, Gerald. Huge broccoli, huge onions, cabbage, peppers, beans, potatoes, peas. Beautiful produce, all chemical free. You know what those vegetables Come on, Nettie. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You can't make a living at the farmer's market. All I know is it's cash. Real people paying real money for real food. Is it time for your sermon again, Nettie, about the big corporations, about the big business-backed government farm program where us farmers are growing way too much of what we don't really even eat? I don't know, Gerald. We could have vegetables on this farm. And what would the neighbors say about that? People running all over the farm. What makes you so confident you're going to be around to hear what the neighbors are saying anyway? You heard, Angela. There are all kinds of things going on. Other young dairy farmers pasturing their cattle, people raising vegetables and meat, some of it being sold straight to their customers. (laughs) Yes, and I suppose they've all got business plans. There's risk involved with these crazy ideas of yours, Nettie. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What if you don't get paid? Then who are you going to call on if things don't work out? And what makes you so certain things would work out with the Wilsons? Is this how you want me to live? Me and the house surrounded by wall-to-wall corn and soybeans? Look at those contours out there, Gerald. Look at those hay strips. Do you want to see that all gone? Why couldn't we rent to them? This couple's got a plan. Nettie, did we have a business plan? It's a piece of paper. Our plan was in our hands. I wouldn't have wanted a business plan. Of course, if we had had a plan, we might not have had to sell the milk cows. Well, we made it, didn't we? The steers, the hogs, the bull calves from the neighbors. We did make it, Nettie. And the cropland, of course. We did manage to hang on to that. <sighs> Nettie, face up to it. This couple really can't pay us what everyone else around here is getting for their land. Plus the kids. You just know that they'd be on the phone real quick if they heard that we were going to take less than top dollar. And I'd kind of look like a fool down at the cafe for letting it go that low. If I, What are they going to say if I rent for less than I could get? Top dollar, Gerald. Yes, Wilsons will pay top dollar. But do we really need to get top dollar? Or might we be able to get by with less? If I'm gone, Nettie, just what do you think you're going to live on? That's what I want to know. What, customers coming out to the country? People be asking all kinds of questions about that, too. Some people think you should be trying to keep city people out, not letting them in. Nettie, do you really want people from town coming out here on the farm? Cars lining up in the driveway, people holding their noses because of the manure. Is that what you want? And what about liability? She says it's being done, Gerald. And you yourself figured out they could fairly easily pay us 2500 per month. Isn't that enough for us for now? And what I've told the kids about, yeah, 
I've told the kids about this. I've said that we could keep living here for quite a while. And I bet that Natalie would really respect this Angela. Same kind of dogged determination. And Angela said they'd put a side of beef in the freezer for us each year, too. And if we wanted, we could dip into that bulk tank for some fresh milk whenever we cared to. And she also said they'd probably need some help with some occasional tractor work. Let's think about it. Just rent to them for a while. Help them get started. It's not forever. Nettie, 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 I'm tired. Do you know how much work that would be? We don't even know these people. More than 50 years farming together. Everything we've built just slipping away into someone else's hands. And You were once queen of this farm, Nettie. Will we have accomplished anything here if we just pass it on to some strangers? You want to know about our legacy, Nettie? Well, how about a legacy of leaving you and the children with enough to live on? Gerald, I know you want what's best for us. And yes, it would be easier to have some more financial security. I can see your point, but I just cannot see me home by myself, not a pig or a cow or another human being to relate to. And now we've got the chance to help someone else, young people that are just like we were in so many ways. Wouldn't that be something to be truly There's proud of? There's risk involved in helping someone out, Nettie, unless you're just dying to live in a petting zoo. Gerald, that's not fair. It's a farm they're talking about. And didn't your own family start out farming in much the same way? And this young couple has a good long-term plan. I don't care about their plan. We're not going to be around long-term, Nettie. We didn't work our tails off these last 50 years for you to live off a measly Social Security check and the kids to wind up with next to nothing. I want them to have something from this place. And I'm going to call the Wilsons. Gerald! Our children have made their own lives. It's been their choice. They will get some money. But more than that, this couple will keep all that we worked 50 years to maintain. You can't start farming these days, Nettie. How are you so sure? For more information on Look Who's Knockin', see www.landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.